And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life, well, that's another, which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the one who will be here with you each and every Wednesday interviewing a different consciousness change maker that is also out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can hear me discussing topics such as my favorite thought-provoking quotes, reading and discussing wisdom from empowering books, playing clips from various inspirational spiritual teachers, sharing a bit of mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and essentially digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you into positive vibrations on a consistent basis. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's interview episode, I am very excited to have Coot Blackson here with me on the show. Coot is a visionary speaker, teacher, and author who helps uncoach people from the patterns and blockages that limit their full potential. Hey there, Coot. Welcome to the show, my friend. It's great to be here, my friend. Been looking forward to it. Yes, likewise, likewise. So a lot of, lot of juicy stuff to dig into today. Uh, and I'm going to start you off where I start everyone off. Same question. You're in an elevator. You have 10 floors to answer. Uh, the guy next, to you looks, uh, guy next to you looks over and says, what's your passion? What do you say to him? Uh, my passion is life. My passion is people. My passion is love. My passion is helping people reconnect with who they, they truly are. You know, I'm a, I'm a lover and I help people, uh, love profoundly. If, yeah. if, if, if all I had was, you know, a few seconds, that's probably the essence of that. Of that's a good my answer. Passion is, my passion is loving. Yeah. You know, I have on my social media as my little go-to question. Love is the answer. Now, what was the question? So, exactly. Yeah. Is the, is the answer, love is the answer and love is the question. <laughs> right, right. Exactly, exactly. We're going to definitely dig into that concept, but um, let's start, you know, I, I'd like to get a little background on sure. who you are. You have a you have a very interesting uh, story coming mm-hmm. from West Africa originally to the States, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, well, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. Uh, my mother is Japanese, but I grew up in London and uh, I had to leave West Ghana, West Africa because of a coup. Uh, the president was being killed. My father was very close to the president at the time. He was a spiritual teacher to the president and they killed the president, uh, wow. took over the country. So my dad was next in line because he was the closest person to the president at the time. He president wow. was my godfather, was literally like my, my uncle, my godfather. Uh, I have his name. Uh, my full name is Ignatius Kutu Achampong. That's the president's name. Blackson is my father's name. So uh, wow. luckily, by some stroke of grace, my father happened to be in London. 
London. My mother and I, when the president was killed, so my mother and I were pretty much smuggled out of Ghana into London and we couldn't go back. That's how I ended up in London. And my, for me, my first memories were literally two things. I remember feeling uh, a deep calling to serve humanity. I always felt this burning desire to make a difference in people's lives. I felt this this inc- sort of unquenchable uh, uh, desire first, so to speak, hunger to, to, to kind of help people. And I didn't really know how or what it was about. It was just something that was always there. Uh, and and so probably when I was around age six, age seven, I remember being you know a, a chubby kid lost in the crowd and seeing yeah. literally a crippled woman uh, crawling on the floor. And uh, I'll never forget seeing her crawling on the floor, hands, legs, kind of, you know, a little mangled. And she picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. And so you could call that a miracle, yeah? And, and, and this man wow. basically was my father. And so week after wow. week, you know, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up at wheelchairs. This, say, this man, my father, would look at a woman in a wheelchair and he would say, why are you in this wheelchair? Stand up. And this woman or man would say, but I'm sick. You know, I've been sick for years. I haven't been able to walk. And he would say, you're not sick. The, re- the truth of who you are is you are whole, perfect, complete. Stand up. You know, you're a child of God, child of the, of the divine. And this person would just stand up, throw away their crutches. So I grew up seeing many, wow. many, Many, many miracles happen. So, you know, I grew up with, with, with a sense of possibility in the sense like nothing was impossible. And and so around age eight, I started speaking in my father's churches. Age 14, I was ordained as a minister, pretty much given the mandate to take over uh, my father's organization. He had uh, hundreds of thousands of followers. But Brandon, I knew that that wasn't really my path. You know, I, yeah. I, I had a deep sense in my heart. I had a a deep knowing when it was announced and there were all these expectations uh, upon me and there were, you know, hopes and dreams and my father's, you know, had my entire map life mapped out for me i knew in my heart that this was not my path and i felt this sinking feeling and you know to be honest i didn't have the you know as a 14 year old kid i just wanted my father's love you know i just wanted his his acceptance his approval and i didn't want to rock the boat upset anyone make anyone mad you know i was afraid that if i owned my truth if i owned what i knew deep in my heart that i would be outcast i'd lose my father's love i would be outcast from the community. I'd be alone. I'd be abandoned. I would lose love. And so I suppressed my truth and you could say went along with it for maybe three to four years. And it took me about four years to really do some serious soul searching. Uh, in that yeah. time, I had a lot of spiritual experiences. And so when I was 18, I finally had to make a decision. And that decision was to not compromise the truth in my heart. And from that moment, I had the conversation with my father and, 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 and left everything behind, came to, you know, cut a long story short, came to the U.S., won a green card yeah. in the lottery, came to the U.S. and uh, pursued my vision, my vision of speaking and teaching and writing. And it's been, I mean, I can go into more detail, but it's been an amazing journey ever since. Wow. And how long ago was this that you, that you actually uh, came to the States? Wow. This, this was about 18, I mean, I'm losing track of exact, you know, time, but it was probably about 18 years ago, 19 years ago when I came to the U.S. I mean, I just finished, finished you know, high school. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was either go to university or take over my father's church. And I realized if I, if I'm not true to myself, then there'll be no shortage of people who will impose their realities and, and, and their vision yeah. for their lives on me. And so I was probably a 17 year old kid at the time and realizing I, I have to make a decision. And I literally saw 
two paths. Uh, I saw the path of the unknown, which was following my heart, following my truth, following my soul, what I was being mm-hmm. guided to do, even though I didn't know what that is. And sometimes we have this illusion mm-hmm. that you have to know exactly where you're going before you start. Yeah. You have to have the right. whole plan and the map and the purpose mapped out. And what I found is, you know, the reality is you, you don't actually have to know anything. You just have you to feel... You need the next step. <laughs> you, you just have to <laughs> feel... You, you have to be... Exactly. You have to be honest and truthful to the calling in your heart, that the, the deepest impulse in your heart, and just show up and take action. You don't have to know where you're going in order to get to where your soul uh, your, your soul is taking you. And, and so uh, I saw the other path, which was you know the, the path that was mapped out for me, and I literally felt mm-hmm. as though I might be successful by everyone else's standards. I might I might achieve a level of success and fame in the world by taking on my father's churches and you know whatever mm-hmm. wanted me to do it with my life yeah. but i knew that that was a form of soul suicide it was a form of death wow and uh, i decided nothing was worth it and that's when i uh, packed my bags and i said to the universe you know god you've been you've, you've given me this dream you've given me this dream to help people i feel it's in america you know how, how, how do i fulfill it because i had no idea how i didn't have my father's support right. i had no family support didn't come from a lot of money we were quite poor in a certain sense because everything went to the church and so i believe mm-hmm. that you know, inherent in any vision or dream is also the seed for its fulfillment. I also feel what I found throughout my life is I believe our dreams choose us. Our dreams choose us because we are the the perfect p- people based on our experiences and our and our traumas and our pains and our successes and everything we've ever been through. We're the perfect people to fulfill that vision. So I felt like on some level, okay, if I've been given this vision, I, I, mean, I remember saying a prayer at the time and it went something like, universe, you've given me this vision. And if this vision is real, if this vision is true, I, I, I can't do it by myself. You have to fulfill it. And I kid you not, Brandon, literally within days, I was in the library of my school and someone handed me a magazine called The Economist, talk about serendipity or synchronicity or, you know, some magical occurrence. Mm -hmm. I literally was sitting in the library of my of my school at the time as a 17-year-old kid, meditating, praying, going, God, how, how do I fulfill this dream I have? How do I f- fulfill this this impulse I feel burning in my heart? And someone hands yeah. me a magazine called The Economist. I'm, I feel this eerie feeling. I look in the back of the magazine. I see this this ad. This ad says the American government is giving away 55,000 green cards in the green card lottery. And I'm thinking, it, wow. it, is this is this a scam? Is this true? Green card lottery? What the hell's going on? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and, 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 and I felt this 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 butterfly feeling. You know, I felt like something's going on, and I had this sense you're going to win it. I thought this is absurd, but I just I didn't have anything to lose, so I entered the green card lottery through an attorney in the states uh, in Washington D.C. and and I was told that unless I heard back by September the 18th or the 19th of that year, this was in April, uh, just mm-hmm. to move on with my life. And sure enough. Uh, I thought I was going to hear back literally any day. September the 17th rolls around, nothing. September the 18th mm-hmm. rolls around, nothing. Uh, I was I was so disappointed. I was mad at God, mad at the world, felt let down. I felt Aww. like I had this vision and this dream and the universe wasn't supporting me. So I packed my bags and I made a decision that I was going to go to the U.S. Green card, no green card, doesn't matter why I was coming to the U.S. And literally right. that night, we got a phone call. And it was a phone call from the attorney that did the application. And it said, you know, my mother picked up the phone and she handed me the phone. And I heard a voice that said, is this Mr. Blackson? And I said, yes. He said, I can't believe it. I'm the attorney who applied for the, your green card you've won a green card this is literally a miracle and that gave me 
uh, a lot of that gave, that gave me proof that when we follow our truth, when we follow our yeah. heart, when we follow, when we are, when we do not compromise our inner knowing, uh, the depth of our knowing, then uh, the universe truly rises to support us. And you know, I think w- what I found for myself and what I've seen with many clients over the years, over the last fifteen or so years in working with people, whether seminars or one on one, is is one of the things that keeps us stuck. One of the things that stops us from playing big. One of the things that 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 keeps us limited uh, and, and from creating the life that we truly want—a life of fulfillment, joy, passion, creativity, and, and ultimately aliveness. Literally, one of the things that keeps us stuck are, are all the ways that we we i mean basically we lie to ourselves all the ways we don't tell the truth to ourselves all the ways we bs ourselves you know and 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 so to truly set ourselves free one of the first steps i uh, i i you know looking back on my life that i've really adopted and taken on and i share with people is you know if you really uh, want to to live an authentic life and and turn your life around you have to be willing to tell the truth you have to be willing to tell the truth about where you're at what you feel what's going on because many times we're afraid of telling the truth we're afraid of telling the truth because we're afraid of the consequences of what will happen if I'm really honest. If I'm really honest, right. that maybe, you know, maybe this job isn't truly aligned with my soul. Maybe I don't like it so much, or maybe this relationship I'm in is is not really lighting me up. It's not it's not fulfilling anymore. It's I don't I'm not in love anymore with this person. We're afraid if I tell the truth, oh shit, what what will happen? And so many right. times we 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 settle for mediocrity. We 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 don't tell the truth, and and I think it. It costs us. It costs us our life. It costs us our creativity. It costs us our aliveness. And so, uh, be willing to tell the truth. And, and so, for me, I, I I like to ask people. What are the lies that you're telling yourself? What are mm. you pretending to not know? What is it? What is it costing? What are the lies costing you? You know, sometimes yeah. we play this game, this game of, and this is what I did. You know, for many years, you know, I call it the game of, of, of I don't, I, I don't really know. I'm, I'm, I'm confused, Brandon. I, I, I don't know what I want with my life. I don't know what my life purpose. I don't know if this really. I, I don't know. If, it's the I don't know game. And I think deep down, there is a knowing inside of us. Deep down, if we're really, really, really courageous and honest, there is a part of us, a dimension of our being that absolutely does know, but we're often afraid to, to access that knowing because number one, what, what will happen, the consequences. Number two, once we truly own that knowing, uh, there's a lo- whole other level of responsibility that comes with that, and we can no longer play the blame game of, of saying, well, I right. didn't know. It was it was my parents. It was my friend. It was the, it was someone, someone out there. And so it takes a lot of courage, I think, to, to truly tell the truth because then uh, then there's no faking it anymore. Then we kind of, we're confronted with having to do something about our current reality. And But if we don't tell the truth, then we kind of don't have to do anything and we can kind of stay in our comfort zone and keep doing what we're doing because I don't know. So I think right. that's one of the, the first things that we can do, at least that I did, to, to really shift my life, transform my life. And, and so the, the, the last two things I'll say is, you know, in, in the consideration of the truth, you know, we. I, I think it's so important that we face what our fear actually, truly is. What what is what is our what is it we're really afraid of? What is our deepest fear? The deepest fear of what will happen if we tell the truth, if we live the truth, mm. if we if we embrace. What is that fear? Because many times our mind makes up a future fantasy about the worst case scenario, and and. For sure. and 
and and often the worst case scenario that we make up in our minds is nothing compared to to the reality. So if we're willing to face our fear, well, this will happen, or this person will leave, or I'll lose my friends, or I'll lose I'll lose my job, or I have to let go of X Y Z. If we're willing to face that and make peace, if we can make peace with that, then it moves us into a relationship with it where we don't have to be afraid of it anymore. And I think that's a tremendous yeah. freedom that happens when if we, if we can make peace with the worst case scenario, you know. And then yeah. the last thing is is really looking at. You know, sometimes we get so fixated on the negative future fantasy, the, 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 the worst case that might happen, that it paralyzes us. But, but if we can also ask ourselves and look at, well, what, what incredible thing might happen? We often think, well, what if this happens? Right. What if this person leaves? What if this worst case thing happens? But what freaking incredible, amazing, magnificent, unpredict, unpredictable, uh, magical you know, thing might right. actually happen? We might actually fall in love. We might actually meet our soulmate. We might actually make more money. We might, who knows? And so- right. at, Actually focusing on on that, I think, is pretty powerful. So ultimately, the truth, I believe, is perhaps single-handedly the most important thing we can do that I did uh, to facilitate, uh, you know, my spiritual growth, to, spirit, to, to facilitate my transformation. I say, look, you know, I mean, it's great to pray. It's great to meditate. It's great to do yoga. It's great to drink green juice. It's great to go to the temple. It's great to do meditation retreats. It's great to do all these things. But many times we pray, we meditate, and we do affirmations and spiritual practices to help ourselves offset, offset the lies that we're telling ourselves. And mm. so I say the greatest spiritual practice is if we, is, is telling the truth to ourselves because if we told the Absolutely. truth to ourselves likely many of the things we are praying about and going to therapy about and and and, huh. and doing spiritual practices about we won't actually have to do because in the process of telling the truth so much of our life will clear itself up and yes it out. you know yeah yeah we might we might you know we might lose things for sure we might lose certain people we might lose certain relationships but i believe by us truly honoring our truth our heart our integrity that whatever falls away is simply is only that which is not truly in alignment with our highest anyway and then whatever right. remains i think we can be sure that whatever remains will be in alignment with who we really are then we can build a life and then we can build relationships based on an authentic foundation of our being and so yeah that's been been a really important part of my life the, the, the speaking of the truth the telling of the truth the truth will set you Incredible. free for sure yeah it's it reminds me of the second agreement from don miguel ruiz uh, be impeccable with your word and if mm. you're not being impeccable with your word and most importantly to yourself what are you going to get you know and exactly. so many people in our society you know we, we there's there's such a pervasiveness of like white lies anyway yeah. right yep. it's such a big thing and you're, you're you, a lot of times people are looking at something from a very limited perspective and they're thinking hmm if i tell this white lie it gets me something uh, it gets me a head and what they don't realize is they're not seeing the bigger picture right where <laughs> at the end of the day if you're being impeccable with your word forget about outcomes just make it your goal to be impeccable with your word and true to yourself whatever that means i mean your story is so inspiring it actually reminds me of um i, I just had uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar you're probably familiar <laughs> with teal swan um she uh wrote a blog basically a, a few weeks ago you know as we record this it's just it's the you know, first week of the new year and 
Uh, she wrote a blog saying, you know, last night I was out of body and I had this experience of, you know, I was asking, show me sort of a vision of what 2017 would be like. And there was a uh, a young man standing in his nice uh, apartment and he sort of, it was walking out the door and he throws his keys in the, in the trash as he walks down the road, not knowing, not with excitement, not knowing where he's going, just knowing he's got to go. He can't live the lie anymore. Or he's got to sort of let it all go, not knowing where it leads and just following that heart and in this case you know her vision was the guy he had all the nice things and comforts and so forth of life right and he was just okay I, I cannot not follow the calling any longer I've got to just sort of throw the keys away let everything go and see where you know the universe takes me and and that is such I mean and that, you know I don't think everyone has to have that dramatic of a of a shift perhaps but at some level it's happening in our beings right and for, for someone like you you know it's almost that exact same story right here's the keys to the castle from dad and you know all you've got to do is is take them and you'll you'll have all the you know all the things you need and want and what looks to be uh success but if it's not being true to your inner calling you've got to follow that inner calling no matter what the cost right yeah i think you can have everything in the world by society standards but if you don't have yourself you have nothing if you can have yeah. everything, money, fame, success, whatever, but if you don't have your own self, you have nothing. Because at the end of the day, you know, you, it, it, it's like your reputation is what people think of you. Your reputation is how people perceive you. But your character is when everyone is gone, when you're, you are at home at night in the middle of the night and you look yourself in the eyes, you look yourself, in, you look into your heart and it's really your character is what do you feel about yourself even when no one is around? And that is, I think, a huge test. And you talk about white lies. Sometimes you think, oh, yeah, it's it's not a big deal. I can I can fudge this or fudge that or this little thing here. But but all those all those little white lies I have found over the course of time time, you know, uh, is, is simply act as a withdrawal from our own relationship with ourselves, simply act as a withdrawal for, from our own emotional, mm. spiritual bank account. And so we, we bullshit a, a, a little bit here. We lie a little bit here. We tell another little lie. We fudge a little thing. We, oh, I'm not so fat. Oh, this doesn't really matter so much. I don't really care about that. No, I'm not really upset. No, I'm not really mad. No, this person doesn't matter. <laughs> and before you know it, you know, what starts happening is we start eroding our own inner integrity. We start eroding our own inner trust with ourselves. And before you know it, that bank account starts going lower and lower and lower and lower and lower and lower and becomes empty. And we stop trusting ourselves. And I think that's the most dangerous thing when we actually stop trusting ourselves. And then what's, what happens is when we, when it comes to the point, maybe it's the new year or at some point in the year, we have a vision, dream or goal. We say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to make $10,000. I'm going to manifest this book, this project, whatever it is. We don't even believe ourselves anymore at that point because we have such a track record uh, 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 mm. compiled over time of, of white lies that have moved us so out of integrity that deep down we don't even really believe ourselves, that, 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 that trust with ourselves is broken. And so yeah. I believe that the inner, the, the foundation for those of us that really want to manifest in the world 
I believe it really starts with our relationship with ourselves and facilitating, cultivating that inner integrity with ourselves. The more we have the inner integrity with ourselves, the more trust there is with ourselves, the more inner power we have, the more deposit, you could say, of trust we have with ourselves. Then when we, then, then when we speak our word, our word has a different kind of power because deep down, consciously and unconsciously, we actually believe ourselves, you know, consciously and yeah. unconsciously, there is an energetic force behind what we're saying because we know if we say X, that means X. If we say, I'm going to do you know, I'm going to exercise for the next month. I'm going to write this book over the next six months. Internally, that trust is there. And, and so we have the the energetic and emotional and spiritual, uh, 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 you could say, belief within ourselves to follow yeah. through and pull it off. Right, right. You now you say something. Uh, I've read something uh, on your website, which, by the way, is your your name, right? Coot Blackson yes. for any yes. of you out there. dot com. If you guys want to check it, check out uh, all the good things there, and we'll talk about some of them. But one of the things uh, that I, I saw there that I really liked, and I want to ask you about. You said Roger Federer swings the racket. His game is tennis. My instrument <laughs> is the soul. My game is life itself, and I intend to help you play it fully. My work is about connecting you back to your source, and that really goes with everything that we're talking about so far right so my question to you what what is your and this is sort of another go-to question of course i always talk about my what i envision as the ultimate nature of reality what sources uh what the game of life is about but i i'd love to hear what what that is to you and and how you help connect people to it because yeah that's uh, essential uh, right sure i i think you know I'll back up a moment and then and then sort of step into the question because I think setting a context is also important. I believe that you know when we're born, you know if you look at a child, a child is is you know there's a freedom about a child. You know I think a child, yeah. if you look into a child's eyes, you know a child is in touch with the essence of light, the essence of their own divinity, uh, mm. purity, innocence. And I think that's why no matter who we are, when we look into a child's eyes, we melt. We are reminded of our own divinity. We're reminded of our own perfection. We, a child is not really that conditioned, you know, in that moment. They're, 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 they, are, they are full of love and light and magic right. and beauty and, and unconditioned joy and possibility and 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 so we were all that one. So the question is, what happens? You know, this child is born. A child will jump on a table and sing. It doesn't care if it's not Adele right. or, or, or Bruno right. Mars. It just sings and expresses right. and cries and then poops its pants and then falls over. And <laughs> it's not wondering, hey, Brandon, you think I'm fat? Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm going to fail. Do you care that I've got, like, uh, shit in my pants? No. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just gets up and starts singing again. And then it cries. But it doesn't, you know, it's just the child is free. Yet then as we go through life, somehow we start losing touch with that freedom you know we start ultimately getting conditioned and our, we, we meet our parents obviously who you know are doing the best that they can do some of our parents are kind of a little out there a little interesting a lot for some people <laughs> crazy you know for some right. people abusive some for some people our parents went around so as a way to what i found is as a way to 
function and survive and deal with, you know, different varying degrees of pain, maybe abuse, pain, trauma, divorce, you know, neglect, abandonment, whatever it was that we all have our stories that we've dealt with growing up, you know, whatever level it was, you know, as a way to deal with some of that slowly as children, we learn to to disconnect from our feelings. We learn to yeah. disconnect from the pain, disconnect from feeling as a way to function and survive because, well, it's too painful to feel my dad's not around or it's too painful to feel that, you know, the abuse that's happening or, or, or the fighting in the family system that's going on. So if I can shut down, turn down, because we're so sensitive as children, if I can shut down, turn down my feeling capacity and numb my feelings as a way to not feel, then I can survive somehow. So we, we suppress our feelings. We learn at a very young age, often unconsciously, to suppress our feelings and we stuff down our emotions, which obviously isn't healthy, but that's what we learn to do. And it disconnects us. And all of a sudden, all those unfelt feelings and emotions, the, the anger, the shame, the fear, the hurt, the whatever it is, start to, to build up layers and layers and layers and layers and layers that begin to cover up our true nature, that begin to cover up our light, that begin to cover up our, our, our perfection, so to speak, our, our, our free flowing essence. And then we learn to go into the world and, you know, uh, dealing with our parents again and our caretakers and then going to school and people and media. Slowly, not only do we get conditioned, but we learn the sense of who do I need to be? Who do I need to be yeah. in order for you to love me? Who do I need to be in order for my parents right. to love me? Well, I learn if I'm too loud, then I get beaten or I get, you know, I, I, I get a look or a glance or, or, or I get disapproval. So I start, I have to learn maybe if I'm quiet then, or if I'm shy or if I'm, if I don't make too much noise or, you know, then, then I'm, then I'm loved by my dad. So we start learning or we start developing a persona, a character and a mask, so to speak, uh, a way of being an identity that we develop as a way to get love to fit in to get attention to be approved uh to yeah. conform and it, it, we, as a result this becomes a, a set pattern a set groove a set rhythm in terms of you know disconnecting from pain in terms of developing this mask and before you know it, we hold very tightly onto this way of being it becomes our identity it becomes who we think we are and so for much of for, for so many of us we are we think we have free will. We think we are choosing freely. But I like to say, wait a second. You know, the degree to which we are conditioned is actually the degree to which we aren't free. If you look at many of the choices we may have made throughout our lives, if we look at just some of our relationship, romantic choices we made throughout our lives, if we look at that alone, we have to think, how, how was I really choosing? How free was I really? Or was I simply living out, playing out the, the conditioning and the patterns of my childhood and my past? So, we, right. we become this character that we think that we call and we call this me. So many of my friends, so many of my clients, so many people, you, all of us in some some sense come to a point where we say, no, 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 no. This is just it's just me. It's just who I am. But is who you are really who you are or is it simply who you've been conditioned to be? So my work really is about helping people. First, first step, you have to become aware that you're conditioned because for, for the most part, we're not aware that we've been conditioned. We just think that who we are is who we are and that's who we are. And it's only through, for many of us, not all of us, is for many of us, it's only through pain and things not working out and repeated failures and, and failed relationships and heartbreaks and sometimes sickness and suffering that we start. Uh, that 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 life 
forces us into submission, forces us into surrender, forces us to start seeking and becoming conscious uh, about ourselves. And and it's through some of those experiences that we start uh, soul searching for a different way. And so we have to be willing, I think, to not only become aware, to then to question ourselves, to question our reality and our identities, but we have to be willing to feel our feelings. We have to be willing to feel some of those feelings that we've learned to suppress, disconnect, that we've shut down, that, we've, that we have suppressed and we have uh, disconnected from, uh, we have to be willing to feel those things. So, so I think that's that's just a beginning of the path so that we can peel the layers of our conditioning, peel the layers of, of, of conditioning off so that we can simply just reconnect with who we are. I believe that at the deepest core, we are already whole, perfect, and complete. But we have simply forgotten. We have simply lost touch with that realization. We have simply uh, just become conditioned. So for me, uh, life is a process of not, not... So what I do is I don't really teach people. I don't really coach people. I just uncoach. I unteach. I uncondition people so that, that we can simply rest and reconnect back to our true essence. You know, I'll just share a quick story. I remember mm-hmm. uh, I, I had a client that, that came to to me, I don't know if it was eight, seven, eight years ago, but he he came to to work with me, and I and I and I looked at him for the first time, and this was at least in my eyes a very powerful man. But he was the way he was. Sh- I think we all know people like this. The way he was showing up was the first thing I said to him was, "You're a lion, and you're acting like a mouse." Because I felt such wow. power in him, such such potential. Yet, 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 his energy was so contained. You know, his energy was so so timid, and, and yet lion in a cage. <laughs> yeah, that didn't feel like the, the essence of who he was. And he came to me and he says, "You know, I think I think you're right. I feel so much potential, but but you know, I'm just you." Know, his whole identity was he had become the the shy guy, the the shy person. And what what he had convinced himself, what he told me was that he was the shy person. He was the background person. He, yet he felt like there was more that there was for him to give. Yet he felt like he wanted to give more to life. And 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 yet somehow he wasn't. And and he wasn't manifesting the level of success that he wanted to to manifest. He wasn't giving his gifts at the level he wanted to give them, which I think some of us can relate to. And what was interesting was he also married. A woman who was deeply in love with, still married to, to this day, who really she was the front person. She was out there. She was loud. She was self-expressed. I mean, she did all the talking. Mm-hmm. He barely talked. So, so he 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 conveniently created a life where he could just uh, uh, hide. Basically, he right. was hiding wallpaper. himself. Yeah, he was wallpaper hiding himself. And yet, he reached the point where something wasn't feeling right anymore. So, I remember working with him. And during my first few sessions working with him, he went to India with me. My book is a bit about India. I I write a bit about the story in the book, but he went to India with me in one of my journeys. And I remember looking at him and asking him a few questions, which I don't even remember specifically what I asked him, but I asked him a few questions that helped trigger a level of awareness. And and, and what he came back to me and said, uh, literally, 24 to 48 hours later, he said, Coot, I had, when she asked me these questions, I had a memory. And I said, what do you mean? He, go, he said, I'm 55 years old. I haven't cried since I was five years, four or five years old. But I had a wow. memory of when I was five years old. And not to get too heavy on the podcast, but he literally said to me, when I was five years old, I completely forgot until yesterday that I was molested by my uncle. I said, oh, Whoa. wow. He said, I had the entire vision. I know it was real. Everything now makes sense. But I was not even aware that this thing had happened to me. 
And I said, wow. wow. And so, so as we explored it and unraveled it and, 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 and start, start to work with the experience to help him heal and transform through this experience, what, what he realized was, you know, he had this identity of being the quiet guy, the shy guy, the background guy, didn't really have anything to say, which wasn't his authentic truth. It's just who he'd been conditioned to be. What he realized was, you know, this thing, this thing happened. He was sexually abused. This thing happened when he was five years old. That shouldn't have happened. His innocence was taken. This, no matter how you slice it, this thing shouldn't have happened. Yet it happened. Right. And obviously, you know, maybe he had certain things to learn. Soul lessons, karma, whatever level we're right, looking right, at. Right. But on some level, still, this should not have happened. And, right. and so, as a five-year-old, unconsciously, what he learned was to shut down. What he learned was when I'm seen, when I'm loud, when I'm fully expressed. Because as a five-year-old, he was fully expressed and loud and expressive and full of light. Right. When, when, when I am light, when I am seen, when I'm radiant, when I'm magnificent, when I'm loud, when I, you know, when I'm all these things, it's dangerous. Bad right. things happen when I'm seen. Right. So as an unconscious protection mechanism, what he learned unconsciously was, if you can't see me, if you can't see me, then you can't hurt me. So his I'm entire safe. life strategy was to hide because if I hide, then I'm safe, right? Then you can't hurt me if you can't really see me. And if you don't really know who I am, and if you did, then you can't really hurt me. And that was his entire uh, survival strategy of how he tried to protect himself yet so so on one level what had in quotation marks assisted him protected him was now getting in the way of the next level of his freedom of his because he felt could there's so much potential there's so much in me i want to give yet yeah. there was this wall you know there was this protection that was in essence stopping him from from being fully expressed so so you know so we have to question ourselves so the question i, I would pose to those listening is is who you are who you really are, or is it simply who you've been conditioned to be? Many times we're conditioned right. to be the nice guy, the nice girl, the yes person, you know, the the caretaker, the funny person, the know-it-all, whatever it is, you know, the, the, the over-responsible right. one. We have all of these mechanisms and masks that we have learned. Archetypes. To, to, yeah, we've learned to adopt, you know, mostly unconsciously as a way to get certain needs met, as a way to get certain and things that we didn't really get as a way to protect ourselves. So first we have to become conscious of what are the what are the roles? What are the roles? What are the limiting characters that I'm playing? What are they? If this character that I'm playing is not who I really am, even though I thought it was who I was, what are some of these roles? And we have to become aware of these roles. I say, you know, if you're listening, take a look, list some of these roles, take a look at these roles, look at what these limiting characters and roles are trying to get you because underlying every behavior or every way of being is also a positive intention so likely some of these limiting characters li these limiting roles are trying to get you something or trying to protect you in a certain way acknowledge that positive intention and then then we have to actually bring ourselves into a relationship and and find the conscious and healthy way to to fulfill the the underlying intention underlying motivation of that role in a healthy way if that if it's if, if let's say that part of us is trying to protect us in a certain way how can we do it in a healthy way rather than a limited way right right and you go into uh, a lot of techniques in now the your book is you are the one yes and recently released correct Yes, just a few months back, it came out in the in the in the end of June at some point. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, congratulations on that. And so essentially what you're doing is sort of helping people to step through and and find their their purpose, release the pain of the past, um, yes. and and you know find inner peace and, and be free. Um, what a powerful story with that individual. It's like and and how often does that sort of thing happen where people have repressed whatever sort of you know ha- has happened to them? In his case, like obviously a very traumatic exactly. event, but. Exactly. I think there's a lot of times, even with less traumatic events, right? It's just sort of I, I would there say, oh, and you Brandon, and you I would oh, say you're not aware. Oh, you're hitting the nail on the head. I would say literally all of us. That is all of us. Maybe unless, you know, maybe unless you're the Dalai Lama or something, you know, but, but <laughs> I would say even, you know, Dalai Lama has his own stuff, I'm sure. But I would say sure. all of us have some level of conditioning. If we've been born... Yeah. Uh, in, in you know in a human body and i'm assuming pretty much everyone that's listening to this podcast has been born and they're in a human body you know if we've been born <laughs> having this human experience you know the reason we have i believe incarnated into this human experience out of the heavens or whatever realm you know of, of consciousness out there the reason we've incarnated is because our souls have certain lessons to learn and our souls have certain lessons to learn in this lifetime and the the way we learn those lessons are through experience are through relationships and and so just the fact we're in a human body there's going to be pain there's going to be yeah. trauma there's going to be hurt there's going to be stuff you know and our parents they just did the best that they knew how to do based on their conditioning and their programming from their past and so sure. so all of us on some level maybe we don't have an intense level maybe we weren't abused or, or beaten or or you know what have you or, or, or obviously abandoned but i think all of us on some level we have a level of conditioning that we're not aware of and and what yeah. we're not aware of then actually runs us many times you know i have i have i like i i i, I there's many times i work with clients who say no I had, I had a really good childhood you know i had a really great childhood and and they did overall have a great childhood but as they explore they realize that maybe in a very subtle way certain needs weren't met or maybe in a very subtle way they had very loving parents but their parents kind of had certain expectations of them and, and as a result they the way that they learned to create themselves that ended up being limiting in some way not that it was bad or traumatic but but they realized as they got older wow i'm i'm not fully expressed because i thought i i, I because i wanted to be the good girl the good boy to get love from my parents and i thought i needed to be a certain way uh, uh that that i that I, I i became the perfect girl the perfect boy the perfect person and now I realize, wow, that's kind of limiting me, you know. So some of these these ways of being and some of these mechanisms, some of the masks that we develop can be not so obvious, you know. And some yeah. of them can be actually quite good at times, you know, it can be quite wonderful right. at times, you know. I mean, I grew up in the – give you an example. I grew up in the church. I grew up a very, very spiritual boy mm-hmm. you know very so so part of one of my identities not that being spiritual is bad right not that being a spiritual being is bad but one of my identities which eventually i realized over time you know in my 20s i realized wait a second this is kind of limiting is the spiritual role that i was kind of stuck in right the spiritual mm-hmm. mask i'm so spiritual right. everything's spiritual i'm so spiritual that it actually right. kind of disconnected me from my humanity disconnected me from my my willingness to 
feel because every time I would feel a negative emotion, but oh, that's not spiritual. So let me do a right. spiritual bypass. Let me disconnect from that rather than actually authentically being willing to feel my feelings. So, so something positive, which was being spiritual, actually became a role and a mask. And so I right. think we have to look at that too. It's not so much just about the role that we play or the roles that we've taken on that most of which we're not conscious of but it's also about our relationship with it and our relationship yeah. with it can determine a lot so even something positive like a, being a spiritual person can become a role and become limiting and inhibit the fullest expression of of the totality of the range of our beingness you know so right, we have to become right. conscious and aware yeah, that's very, very well said. And I think it's something that a lot of people, you know, are, are at risk of sort of stepping into, especially yes. people doing work in line with the, the type of work that both of you are so, both you and I are so called to do yes. is like, okay, you start waking up to sort of uh, this, this deep uh, understanding, right? Uh, at a, for whatever it is, our, your soul's done the work to be in the position where you are able to speak as eloquently as you ha- as you can and and do, and and you have these deep understandings of spiritual truths and having spiritual experiences, and it's such a slippery slope uh, when you start. You know, you got to be careful of spiritual narcissism, almost. I would say, right? Yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty direct way of saying it. You know, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and I think we all get what we need to sort of help keep us humbled, and uh, you know, and I loved seeing that when I was looking, uh, you know, on your site, you were saying, "Hey, I feel honored uh, to be able mm-hmm. to serve people in remembering who they are," and it's sort of that energy which is the the key is like, "Hey, I want to assist mm-hmm. and help," and I'm learning as 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 I teach, we're students and teachers simultaneously, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you have you have a lot of unique ways that you're doing this, and I'd like to hear uh, and. I know the listeners would too. Some of the ways uh, that you're doing it from you, you've you've uh, alluded to a few of them: the, the, the coaching or uncoaching, and then also you do journeys with people. Can you can you talk right. a little bit about you, you, yeah. you know the ways people I mean, might I, connect with you? Yeah, I, I can share a bit about. I mean, my my book is really based on. You know, I, firstly, I, I went through some profound transformational processes myself, and maybe 16 years ago or so, I literally locked myself in a room for six months and just sat and journaled and write, wrote in my journal and mm-hmm. cried and told myself the truth and just just dealt with my, my anger, my hurt, the stuff I didn't even know was there. And, and and then I started traveling the world. And one of the places I ended up was India. And mm-hmm. uh, it was it was pretty life-changing for me. And I had an experience on the back of a train in the poorest state in India and the poorest train in India with the poorest people that literally changed my life. And it was out of that that I created what was called the liberation experience. And the liberation experience became a, a one-on-one journey, which I don't really do anymore unless it's a unique situation. But that's really what my book is based on. And it was where I decided to take a, a visionary or a leader to someone who wanted to have an impact on the world or was already having an impact on the world in a leadership position. And I, and I would take this person to India, I'd take away your passport, take away your money. You'd have a backpack, a pair of clothes. I have no wow. idea where you're going. You would sign your will in case you don't come back. You write letters to everyone in your life in case you died. And you would let me do wow. anything and everything. There was no holds barred, nothing off limits. You would let me do anything and everything to help free you. And I would craft a 14-day non-stop, 24-7 radical transformational journey. We're we're in about 15 cities in about 12 to 13 days. And I would 
basically facilitate the most intense transformational journey and I push your buttons and I feel into and find out where your deepest layers, where your deepest limits, where your deepest uh, unresolved stuff was and bring that to the forefront, you know, put that in your face and help you transform through that, come through that on the other side with the intention of bringing you back to the world and uh, having you serve humanity in a bigger way. And that really took off in a sense. And look, I, it was one-on-one and, and, and I did three of those journeys a year almost and so in about six to seven years i did about 19 20 of those journeys and so wow. my book my book is really inspired by some of those journeys and, and my book you are the one is 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 is, is maybe 10 percent of some of the lessons some of the teachings underlying those journeys but what i also realized as i started speaking a lot more around the world whether it was in companies corporations i ended up many people started asking me would you take a group to india and i said hell no i'm not taking a group to india it's it's the way i do it is is really intense you know and and india is an intense place and and so uh, I ended up creating uh, one of the favorite one of the favorite things that I do is uh, called Boundless Bliss, uh, the Bali Breakthrough Experience, which is a twelve day uh, nonstop again twenty four seven journey where I take twenty leaders and visionaries. That's two zero, so you're not just alone. Twenty people into a twelve day experience, and I use Bali as the backdrop. Uh, I use Bali as a seminar room to facilitate transformation, and I create processes and experiences that really help you become aware of. The things that you're not aware of help you deal with all the things you suppress and ultimately help you peel peel away the layers and and catapult you through the limitations that have maybe held you back from being most fully who you are being most fully self-expressed loving fully giving your gift to the world living your purpose whatever's been in the way the journey is designed to assist you in in breaking through and that's really uh, one of the favorite things i do i do that twice a year in july and december and i also uh, have have started about three years ago uh, what's called the Coach Apprentice Program, where for many years people wanted to know how I facilitate because how I actually facilitate is is quite unique. You know, I don't just give people information. It's about actually how do you truly help people peel the layers away and facilitate authentic transformation from the inside out. So I created a nine month apprenticeship program where I where I train and I teach people. Uh, you could say in terms of my my I don't I hate to call it my method but but my way of working with people to unravel the layers of conditioning and, and help people reconnect with who they are so that's that's really those are a few things and then I you know I speak in companies and speak around the world and festivals and conferences and and events and organizations and and all of that great stuff and and uh, so wow. I'm I'm really passionate at this stage you know Brandon in terms of using <laughs> I think media. I, I think we get we definitely yeah. get the passion <laughs> <laughs> yeah but using media you know, in, in raising consciousness. So also yeah. working on uh, a couple of TV projects right now. And, and so really excited about taking spirituality and self-help to the mainstream, to the masses. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's time, you know, when you look at the world, I think the world, we are going through some really, uh, how should we say, I, I think we can all acknowledge some really intense times right now. You know, we yeah. are going through, uh, I don't know. We're going through, let's just say we're going through some very intense times and, and, and on some level there's a crisis on, on planet earth as old systems yeah. collapse, uh, as old yeah. 
paradigms collapse, old ways of doing things uh, change. Uh, I believe that more than ever, the world needs us, that we are living in a time where there's a wake-up call happening and we can no longer push the stoose button more than ever. We have to all step up and, and vote for truth and love and bring our gifts that with, with, with every thought and every action and every intention, all of us right now collectively at this time, we are co-creating our future, our reality. And if, if you're listening to this conversation and you've been born at this time, I believe that you've been born at this time for a reason. You've been born at this time to co-create and participate in the awakening yeah. of consciousness on, on, on a global level that we we must all do our part to do whatever it takes to raise our own individual consciousness. People often ask, you know, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? I mean, we can go into that if you want, Brandon, in terms of how does someone find their purpose. But I believe that each of us, our purpose on this planet is not simply, yes, it's great to attain, you know, material things and success and individual, you know, thing, individual, you know, uh, fulfillments and what have you. But I believe that the greatest gift we can give the world is our own awakening. The greatest gift we can give the world as being who we truly are, not simply who we've been conditioned to be, but who we right. truly are. The greatest gift we can give the world is really the state of our consciousness because at the end of our life, we don't get to take anything with us. No house, no car, no shoes, no sock, no iPhone, no iWatch, no no, no bank account, no, no, no nothing. All we get to take mm. is the evolution of our souls. So yeah. at this time, yeah. uh, this is an exciting time more than ever. This is, I believe we are literally living in the midst of the greatest spiritual revolution the world has ever seen as these old systems collapse, uh, the yeah. old paradigms collapse. So uh, either we are being a part of the problem or we are being a part of the solution. So as you're yeah. listening in, I, I challenge each person to, to sit with, what are you committed to being? Who are you committed to being? What what actions are you committed to taking? You know, I'm, you know I, I, I'm a very spiritual person. I've grown up in spirituality, but I believe just the days of just philosophizing and talking and reading about spirituality and, and, and you know, and right. kind of pondering it is over. I think it's time for action. It's time yeah. for action. So, you know, as we move into this new year and beginning of a kind of a new cycle, I ask people, what actions are you taking? It's great to think about loving. It's great to, to meditate about loving. But the question I asked myself long ago when I was in the Himalayas, literally about to die, you know, and, and, and the question I started to ask myself is, have I been loving? Am I loving fully? Am I actually mm. loving fully? How much am I really loving? And so each of us have the responsibility and that's why my book's called you are the one because you know it's no longer about waiting for the government to save you or your parents or someone outside so i believe it's no longer uh, enough to read about the great ones the the bruce lees the muhammad ali's the gandhi's the martin mm -hmm. luther king's the the mother teresa's the mandela's is they they all simply showed us pointed the way they simply are reminders of our own potential so it's no longer about worshipping Gandhi or Jesus or Buddha or Dalai Lama or right. Oprah or whoever, I believe we must all now step up and give our mm. own unique gifts to the world yes. and that the world is you know, is waiting for us. You know, I mean, you know, some people have been saying these last few months that there's a dark time, you know, wow, what's happening in America? It's a, it's a, it's a dark mm -hmm. time. But I believe that, you know, whenever there's darkness, in, in order mm. for light to transformation to happen, uh, yep. dark, the darkness must come to the light. And it won't always be pretty at first. It can be easy to judge, to condemn, to hate. Right. But, uh, but 
all this does is reinforce the very thing we're judging. We must all yeah. more than ever realize we are the ones. We, if, we, if, if, if our society and our culture was going to change, it's up to us. We can no longer sit on the sidelines. We must choose to transform ourselves because our world is a is a manifestation, a, 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 a macro of, of the micro is a manifestation of our own consciousness. What we see is really a reflection of our own collective consciousness. So if we want yeah. to do our part, we have to, to really uh, heal inside, to transform inside and transform through love and compassion, starting with ourselves. And so uh, I think it's an exciting time. I think this is the most incredible time to be alive, uh, yeah. that, that it's time for us to rise up and respond with love. And you know, to me, love is not is not an option anymore. It's it's a necessity. Right. Love is what we are, and that's why I think we're here on this planet is to remember who we are and is to learn the lessons uh, that our soul is incarnated into this lifetime to born. Every experience, every situation, every relationship is simply you, know, you could say helping us evolve. So we're here to learn those lessons and yeah. uh, reconnect to our divinity, and and, and I think it's it's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say sources at a point and it's in the game of life where it's looking for uh, a lot of, okay, enough experiencing the physical uh, unconsciously with amnesia. Let's now see what it's like for us all to, you know, or a, a lot of us to wake up and sort of create that ripple effect of, of awakening. And, and so well said, it's like, you've got to bring the darkness to light. And this sort of friction is what creates all the opportunity right um, the cosmic the alarm clock is ringing man the cosmic yes, alarm clock is ringing saying wake definitely. up you cannot yep. sleep anymore and i think our work <laughs> as a humanity on you know talking on a more more macro level i think our work as a humanity is just beginning <laughs> that this yeah. is the mission that we signed up for at this time. This is the reason that each of us listening to this conversation, while you're doing your podcast, you know, many of us are doing our work in our, in our own unique ways. We're all really on the same yeah. team that, yeah, this is the reason we're born on planet Earth at this time. So I think, you know, as as, as we're listening to this conversation, as, as everyone goes into this new year, there can be no more waiting. There can be no more excuses. There can be no more projecting. There can be no more complaining. No one, no one's coming. You know, that's that's really yeah. w what my message is about. No one's coming because you're here. Yeah. You're the one. You're you, you. It's you. You're it. Yep. Peel off the conditioning, own your divinity, own the truth of what you are. And once mm. you start, stop running from yourself, right? Exactly. And you say, yes, I am here to play a part. I am here to play a role. And yes, I need to heal myself first. And yes, I'm going to commit myself to that process. I'm not going to beat around the bush or sort of like, you know, uh, tinker with the idea. Maybe here and there I pay attention to my own self growth or work on myself. I, I, I'm committed to it. It's the only mm -hmm. it's the only path to find the fulfillment that we seek i believe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's time it's time man this is this is it this is this is showtime this is this is the moment yes. we've been waiting for <laughs> yes you're my everyone's microphone is on <laughs> however that appears in whatever way it's going to show up you know exactly. and you know, you know uh, whether one, one thing i think one thing i'll say that i think we we have to let go of and we have to give up is the sense, the sense, or at least I had to, you know, that I would invite those listening in to consider is because maybe some folks feel like they've done that, but is the sense of any sense of entitlement. Uh, right. When I look back at a certain point in my life many years ago, 
I remember, you know, kind of long story short, I remember one day being in my room and being mad at the world, being mad at God because I didn't feel like I was, I felt like I was following my path and the universe wasn't manifesting and showing up and giving me what I thought I wanted at the time. And I threw a tantrum and I was mad. I was mad at my parents, mad at my dad, mad at God, mad at the universe, mad at everything. And right. uh, I remember just having this epiphany thinking, God, I'm so, it was a moment of feeling, wow, I'm so self-obsessed. I'm so um, ungrateful and I'm so entitled. Mm. And I yeah. realized how that sense of entitlement was was inhibiting uh, and limiting the next level yeah. of my growth, yeah. evolution, and giving of my gifts. And so this, what I would invite folks to consider and adopt is, is, is take to this paradigm, this paradigm that no one owes you anything. No one yeah. owes you anything. The world doesn't yeah. owe you anything. God doesn't owe you anything. The government, parents, no one owes you anything. Because on some level, you know, when I looked at what God owes me something, the universe, God, whatever label you want to point it, has actually given us everything already. We've been given right. so much, you know. And so to tap into this year that level of appreciation, that level of gratitude, every single breath that we take is living proof that we are being loved so profoundly in every single second. Mm. Every single second of our life, every single breath we take is is the universe's loving us Supporting is the universe's us. love letter through us in every single uh -huh. second you know so so i think when we can give up the sense of you know oh, life owes me something it frees us up to take responsibility to realize i've been yeah. given a lot we've been given a lot what are we what are we going to do with what we've been given and uh, yeah. and, and and give our gifts it's time yeah, so well said. Yeah, humility is definitely such a key component in all of this and just appreciating mm -hmm. what is. And, you know, just like you said, it's a love letter, you know, in every breath, every moment. The fact that you have ears that can hear this uh, broadcast, the fact that you are comfortable where you sit, your, you know, belly is fed, you're, you know, you've had so many loving experiences that have come at you and more that are going to come. Like, why would we ever focus on anything mm -hmm. other than the beauty? of what's already been and will be and is always and and you're always okay in 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 the now and so many people like you were talking about earlier get lost in these sort of projections into the into the future or uh, you know uh pining for the past right when really in the moment it's always okay and i think exactly. if you can really understand that and just and just relax into that some of the fear can go away because a lot of the fear is coming from projection right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely it's beautiful so to be alive man yes it is and it's beautiful to connect with you here and man our time is going quick but i do <laughs> i want to ask you about uh something that you talked about earlier and of course i always love a story of synchronicity or serendipity or a positive paranormal event and you've shared a little bit of that already but one of the things that i wanted to kind of circle back around to because i found it so fascinating was talking about seeing your father uh healing or helping to mm -hmm. uh, facilitate people healing themselves or i yes. guess my question is what was going on there in your from your perspective uh what do you believe is happening yeah i mean i i can share my perspective you know i actually many years later asked my father like how, how do you heal i said dad how, yeah. how do you heal people i mean literally he was known as the miracle man of Africa. Um, wow. There's, I mean, uh, you know, sometimes you see this stuff on TV and you think, okay, it's a stage. Like, I think right? of John of God, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's kind of that level. I mean, I grew up week after week seeing people in crutches come and walk out 
without crutches. In a wheelchair, walk out without, it wasn't like abnormal, you know, people getting cured of disease and cancer and what have you and wow. all these different things. And, and so I asked him, how do you, how do you heal? And he said something very simple to me and very profound to me that I'll never forget. He simply said, I don't do the healing. God yeah, does the healing. I, I, thought, now, again, I thought you would say that. You, you can believe whatever you want about God. Let's not get caught up on that word, divine, infinite, conscious, intelligence, whatever Source, level. universe, but, consciousness. Universe, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, but, but his word was God does the healing. And, and so what I realized was he simply, as an ego, as a separate person, is not the one doing it. And I think, you know, there's something to be said, not just on the healing level, but on, on a life level. You know, I, I realized for myself, sometimes we get so caught up with the sense of, I'm going to make my life happen, Brandon. It's me. I'm going to do it. And we, we <laughs> right. and nothing wrong with writing goals, setting goals, and, and you know, making, I'm going to make it happen. But the ego is, is, is often the one driving the show and thinks right. it's in control. And the reality of what I found over time is, you know, yeah, we have some level of, 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 of some level of influence, some level of something, but really we, I don't think we, we are in control of this. And I think to truly live a big, big, big life, to truly live a miraculous life, to truly fulfill the next level of our purpose in life is not about how much we can do because whatever we can do with our human power, with our limited power, with our ego power, with our mind's mm -hmm. capacity is actually quite limited. But what life can do through us, what our souls can create manifest is actually quite miraculous. So I think for me, what I learned from my father, from his healings was to me, it's a really a process of the degree to which we can get ourselves out of the way. And the more mm -hmm. we can get ourselves out of the way and realize, wait a second, we are being, you and I and every single person listening to this podcast, we are, whether we're conscious of it or not, and the degree to which we are not conscious of it, you know, is often the degree to which we suffer and the degree to which we can become conscious and surrender to the process. Uh, the mm -hmm. more we're able to surrender to the process of what's actually happening, we realize we are all being lived by life mm. itself. Yeah. We are all yeah. being lived and breathed by that one intelligence, that one mm. consciousness, that same consciousness, right. that birth creation, that same consciousness that is functioning the sun, the stars, the moon, seven billion people, every species, every animal, every single element of existence is being lived by that one consciousness. And I think the more we can mm. surrender and cooperate and let go mm. and allow ourselves to, you could say, let go of the control that we think we have that we really don't, right. but to let go of that right. control and, and be lived through by that force. Yeah, I look at the great ones. I look at Mother Teresa and Mandela and Gandhi and, you know, many of the, many of the gurus and avatars, you know, in India and over time who were quite famous, uh, the, the Ramakrishnas and the Maharishi Mashyogis and, you know, uh, many of the, the Yoganandas, the, all of these talked of the same thing. It was all about getting themselves out the way, you know, and I yeah. think that's what enlightenment ultimately is, is, is the dissolution of one's separate sense of self and the recognition that there is only one that's living us and we're being functioned and lived by that. So when I look at my father's healing, he wasn't healing. He just was getting it's himself out of the way and allowing the energy to come through him, allowing the energy to use him as a vehicle and a vessel. And that's why I say our dreams and our visions 
they don't really belong to us. I think the more we think, oh, it's my dream. This is my dream. Right. The more the ego gets involved, the more we, we kind of right. limit our possibilities of manifestation. And then, then, then we kind of have fear and worry and frustration mm-hmm. and, and because fear is really to the ego. Fear is to that ego ego mechanism. But if, if we realize, wait a second, this dream is not my dream. This dream, this vision that I have belongs to life. If it belongs to life, then I, why, why do I have to stress about it? It's not mine. It's, life is right. simply seeking to manifest itself through Brandon, through Coop, through Susie, through John, through whoever. Life is simply seeking to manifest itself. And that being the case, if I get myself out the way, yeah, I have to show up, do my part, take action. But if I really get myself out the way and surrender, and I think for me, that's the key is to surrender. It kind of goes opposite to a lot of, you know, the Western, Mm -hmm. like, make shit happen, you know, but... right. You might make things happen to a certain level, but it's always limited. But life is always happening. Life is always yeah. manifesting. That so so I think the more we can surrender to that intelligence, then that's when we end up living that's when things happen through us that we cannot predict. That's when things happen through us that is way bigger than anything we can imagine. And I that's when I think mag- then we then we live magically. Magic happens to us. Yeah, that is that is so well said. And and yeah, the way I I sort of see it is it's we have this this separate, you know, the same consciousness that animates you is the same consciousness that animates me. It's the source of all things, you know, as we've sort of talked about here. Uh, And then but then so we're one on one from one perspective and from another we're uh, we're separate. Right. Both of those Mm -hmm. are divine dichotomy. Both are, you know, two apparently contradictory things. Both are true. We're separate and we're one. And Mm -hmm. when you understand that's your relationship with the source, you know, that created it all, you are sort of this ego consciousness, this character, this avatar, if you will, coot or Brandon or whoever. And what you can do with your avatar is, is it's almost like a dance with your higher self or source, like knowing that at the end of the day, it is your higher self or source or God or whatever you want to call it is, has such a grander view and so much more sort of control. And in your job is to sort of follow, turn over the rocks and follow the breadcrumbs and, and have faith that you will be led to where you you're meant to be next and, and just do what you can with what you've got from the perspective that you've got and get ego out of the way thinking Mm. i'm the one doing it all because yeah Mm. it is sort of a collaboration and you are uh sort of the on the on from one perspective the 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 lower power in that collaboration i guess you would say from from Mm. one perspective Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the, the, I'll say I'll say to you, Brendan, that the secret meaning of my book, "You Are the One," is not just like you're the one. Yes, you're the one. Is you are the one. You are the one. O N E. The one. You know. Mm. So, yeah. and the one is yep. the one is what is manifesting through us. The one is what is right. living us. And right. you know that that's you look at Jesus, you look at Buddha, you look at the whoever was considered the great ones. They, 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 it wasn't them. It wasn't them doing the work. It wasn't them right. doing it. And that's right. That's that was an avatar. The level of greatness manifesting through them. And so, you know what my father would say to me often as a kid, since we're talking about my father and healing, he would often say mm-hmm. to me, did you, when I was stressed out, you know, in my teens, did, did you bring yourself to this planet? I'm like, well, what, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Did you bring yourself here? And I'd be like, well, no, I 
just (laughs) showed up here? He goes, exactly. And if you didn't bring yourself here, then why are you stressing out? Because something Mm. brought you here, right? I said, yeah. He goes, surely that same intelligence knows how to fulfill itself through you if you trust. Mm. And I think that's what we have to learn to do, you know, is this is really Beautiful. trust. Like, I, I, you know, people might say, well, how do I trust? How do I trust? How do I trust? I mean, every day, if, 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 if everyone listening in right now were just to turn their attention to their breathing, just for a second. And I mean, I know we'll probably get to the end of the podcast, but just to turn the attention to the breath and notice, whoa, if, if you do that, it's like, whoa, I'm. What is that, right? Well, I'm being yeah. breathed by, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty freaking miraculous, you know, to go, something is moving inside of me, right? Something is living in something, something. What is that? That's intelligence, you know, and it's, it's, it's a miracle. We are a miracle. It's, it's, if we just bring our attention there, it's mind-blowing, but most of our attention is, uh, how, how is this going to happen? And how is that going to happen versus bringing our attention inward, to that inner mm. realization of our own miraculousness. And I think yeah. that shifts everything because when we realize there are processes, 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 trillions of process ha- processes happening inside of us at every single second, and we bring our attention there, focus on that, and have a relationship with that, how can you not trust the process that is also unfolding in life and in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very beautiful, beautifully said. Such a such an honor to connect with you. And and for those who want to uh, yes. connect and uh, you know follow your work and maybe participate in some of the the offerings that you have, is sure, the, the, sure. your website the best way? Yeah, a couple of couple of uh, you know ways. It's been also great connecting with you, Brandon. It's been uh, you know a lot of fun just hanging and feeling your heart as well through this interview. So big love, big respect. Keep doing uh, great work. Likewise. Uh, for those that want to connect with me, I uh, would love to connect with, with anyone that wants to connect with me. Yes, there's a few few ways. Uh, com. That's my website. Uh, if you feel that you're ready for and maybe the next- K-U-T-E. Exactly, K- K-U-T-E. Yep. Those that mm-hmm. might feel called to maybe go deeper uh, on the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I do a pretty spectacular 12-day event to Bali uh, in July and also one in December, but the next one is in July. Uh, every July and December, I do an event and uh, www.boundlessblissbali.com, www.boundlessblissbali.com. Dot com. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always on social media on Facebook. I would love for those listening in to reach out and say hi. Let me know you you heard me on on the podcast with Brandon and uh, say hi. But also, if you haven't checked out my book, please do. I wrote this book and it was really designed to inspire and ignite uh, ignite your soul. It's called You Are the One. We've been talking about it. You can go to www.youarethonebook.com, uh, purchase it through Amazon there, and uh, through that website, you'll also receive five special free gifts and training videos. So check it out there and Excellent. look forward to connecting with everyone. Wonderful, wonderful. One last question for you, Coot. Uh, it's one I always open with the same question and close with the same question. And uh, 60 seconds or less, what is the meaning of life according to Coot Blackson? <laughs> hmm. uh, to me, the meaning of life is to simply realize who you are and love fully. That's it. Yeah. 
Well said, my friend. Such an honor. Such a pleasure to connect with you. Uh, we'll definitely have to do this again down the road. Uh, I feel like we could go on for hours. So, uh, Thank you so much. Been, been a real, yeah. real honor, real pleasure. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Yeah. Until next time. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes. Since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting, uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.